Welcome, guys, to, I don't even know what episode this is going to be, but... 14, I think you said? It might be 14. 14? This is an interesting one, though. We have a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. <laughs> of um, first. This is... Well, let's start off with the first, the elephant in the room. Uh, we just took some microdoses. Small microdose. Some psilocybin. Mine was a little bit smaller than yours. I kind of like to be hesitant with mine. No, that's fine. Eat some more throughout the day. It's not a competition. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll do more later. Yeah. Um, so we started taking them about 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. So yeah. just to give you guys a timeline, if we start acting weird, you'll know why. Uh, yeah, we start talking about crazier shit than normal. A little shroomy. <laughs> a little shroomy. <laughs> Um, this is also the first episode, I guess technically the second with my mom, I did one in person as well, but this is the first one where it's like, you know, it's a nice setup. Um, you know, we're looking at each other. We got some incense burning. There's no like the beauty about this is there's no glitch. Like there's no, yeah. you know, when you're on the computer, it's a, it's hard to grab that energy just from looking at each other through the screen and with technical difficulties or whatever. So yeah, dude, this is way better. And sometimes you have to like monitor when like someone's going to pause and then do you talk. Right. Yeah. Because then, cause even there's like a little, that gap you're talking about. Right. Right. It's definitely something I've had to pay attention to hosting before. Absolutely. Um, other new things, uh, before even jumping into the whole podcast of it, new things are, is I'm going to do some rebranding. So maybe all this new stuff's happening at the right time. Uh, with the help of James, actually the title new title I came up with is traveling to consciousness. And I think that's really the direction I'm going to want to start taking this podcast. I definitely want to keep rolling out these like weekly interviews with people, but I want to kind of put them more in the realm of consciousness and spirituality and travel, I guess. I'm not really sure how all those come together and kind of intersect each other, but that's kind of the whole goal is to figure that out. Yeah. That's the whole point is it all just fall together when it needs to. Yeah. But yeah like traveling to consciousness, kind of what we were talking about earlier is like, it's more like the experience rather than what we were kind of thinking about before, rather than what was the other ones you were thinking about the, uh, the something conscious like the traveler world. or something like that. Yeah. Stuff with like the world. Yeah. So like, rather than it just be like focus on you, like we were talking about, like traveling to consciousness could be anything. It could be while you're traveling. It could be after work. You're like, you're nine to five. Like we talked about, like you're then set on more conscious things like meditation or yoga or exercise or your eating habits or whatever it is. But yeah, just finding that consciousness like in your space at all times and you're always traveling towards it. If you're looking for it, like you're traveling towards it, you're traveling to it. You yeah, know? I think that's a big important and important thing, right? Is because I guess we are conscious beings, but where our consciousness is lying kind of always like interjects or like changes. Right. And I released a good video on this. It's called like raise your consciousness or it's somewhere on YouTube. It's like from 3D to 5D. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do have this physical world of just like matter and things and like, you know, all these, this microphone or this cup, like it's real in the 3D and, you know, you have problems in the 3D per se, but then as you kind of transcend, it's like, where are you in your consciousness? Like your level of consciousness in a day to day and, you know, argumentatively, you always want, I guess, want to be ascending, but, you know, in an ideal perfect world, I guess that is, but that's not the case in reality. Yeah, not necessarily. But uh, yeah, just keep looking for it, keep striving for it. Like, and the big thing is like what we were talking about, like even if you do have like a nine to five that you love or hate or whatever, but in reality, like for us, if we were talking about it, it was like freedom is the number one thing. Like that's what our whole country is right. based upon. It's like we live here for a reason, like we have freedom, 
right? And then just uh, doing what you love, which then in the end, just is going to bring you more freedom. So like, for right. instance, like for your like traveling and doing the podcast and creating content online because you care about it and you love it and just let you love what you do. So how much freedom have you had in the last few months? You know what I mean? More than, more than ever. Right. More than I guess I've ever had before. Right. Like I don't have, I have nothing to tie me down. I have money saved up. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a level of, let me think of where I was going with that. We're saying freedom and then freedom and doing what you love. I think those are like the most two important things besides like just being a good person in general. Right. Like, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's well. And so then even what's crazy about that is even having this freedom to do whatever I want, I guess. And maybe there's probably a level of the fact that I don't have like a solid income coming in, mm -hmm. but there's still like this weird thing where it's like, I can't just like, I don't know if it's just me or humans in general, but I can't just like sit around and do nothing. Like I can't just sit still and just be like, okay, like, Oh, like, you know, I have freedom. Yeah. It's like, there's still this driving force. It's almost as if like the universe is still like poking me like, Hey, just because you, you know, have these savings and you're doing what you like, it's like, well, you have to keep doing it. Like you have to keep like providing almost for, I don't know, just keep providing, like keep producing almost like to keep moving, keep doing your purpose, pursuing your purpose. You know what I mean? Like your purpose. So in the yoga world in like India and Sanskrit is uh, it's called Dharma. Right. So like when I did my 300 hour yoga teacher training this past year, it was the first time I really got involved in like to the whole Dharma thing and what Dharma is in Sanskrit and translated to English. It's your life's purpose. Okay. So like maybe you haven't figured out your Dharma, but maybe like where this is that traveling journey is going to, it's just like, who knows? Maybe your Dharma is to pick up trash after people that leave it on the, on the beach. Who knows? Right. Maybe your purpose is to make a dope ass latte at a cafe. Maybe that's your Dharma. Maybe your Dharma is to teach yoga, or maybe your Dharma is to create online content and to have podcasts and have other people hear it. But like, I believe everybody has a Dharma, has a life purpose. It could be big. It could be small, but in all, in like the whole scheme of things, it's just like everybody should be here for a purpose. You know what right. I mean? And that's just kind of like the journey that we're on and the people that we're trying to like reach out to right now, which is like that traveling to con consciousness, the branding, like whatever you're trying to find. It's like the people that are trying to find their Dharma, their life's right. purpose. So even if you have all this freedom, if you're just laying on the couch for nine hours a day and you have no job, but you have a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank, like you're, there's a good chance you're still going to find depression and find anxiety right. and find 100%. this, this space of emptiness because like, your purpose on life in life is so important, whether you found it when you're 20 or whether you find it when you're 60, my friend, Lauren, that I've talked about in the past before, you know, Lauren, obviously. Yeah. She's going to come on at some point. Yeah. So she actually took a yoga class. This, this has to have been like two months ago now, but she went to riffs here in San Diego and, um, she didn't know who the teacher was or anything like that, but this lady, and this is just such a cool story because I started teaching yoga when I was 28 years old, 31 now. So I've been teaching for like three years. But the lady that was teaching the class was well in her, her 60s, first time ever teaching a yoga class. Yeah. Found her purpose 60 years into life. Maybe that's not her purpose. Maybe the yoga will lead to her purpose. Right. But like, maybe she's retired. I don't know her whole story. But she's getting in front of a bunch of people that like are in their 20s and 30s and 40s, maybe people that have been doing yoga for 10 years and they're only in their 30s. And this lady is 60, 65 years old, teaching her first yoga class right. in front of a group of people. Well, while she's like leading the whole thing. Yeah. The whole, yeah. And I think that actually is probably a very 
I'm seeing the parallel here, right, with the idea of traveling to consciousness and then, you know, matching the life purpose because, you know, you're the way that that kind of story rolls out and maybe majority of people hear this and they think, okay, well, she didn't quote unquote find her life purpose until she was 60. Right. The way I view that is that everything kind of was building up throughout her life to get her to that spot, to that spot mm -hmm. of where, I don't know if you want to say to get her to her life's purpose, but it's like being in tune with each moment and maybe she became more in tune with what she liked and that's, what's getting her closer faster. Exactly. You know, so it's like, and this is kind of something I talk about in that, you know, raise your consciousness video is like, if you're in like kind of like the 40, essentially mm -hmm. you are essentially, and that's the, the 40 is the, you're starting to see behind the curtain. It's the bridge. You said it was the, br the bridge between three and five, right? Yeah. It's Man. kind of seen as like the gateway. Sure. Where you kind of start, you, you start to get angry kind of at the world a little bit because you're like, why have I been lied to? Like it's that mindset of the, Oh wow. Like I didn't learn any practical things in school that I needed to know for the real world. And then you get angry about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it, it's the, it's kind of that gateway into the five D where, you know, that four D is, like, why was I never taught about financial? Why was I never taught these things? Why did the universe, why did all these people lie to me about mm -hmm. these things? Mm -hmm. And you kind of can build up some anger, but then transcending that is whenever you're like, oh, that had to happen in order for me to be where I am today. Like I needed, and this is how I view it, is like I needed high school, I needed college, and I needed to work at my job um, as a software engineer for four years in order to realize that that's how the majority of humans and the majority of humanity lives their entire life. You know, we're, we're fed this idea of doing that and then retiring at the age of 60. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well now you get the last 20, 30 years of your life for that. Is that like when you really want to be free? Right. It's like, right. And, and so I think in my belief, it's like, why didn't I know this earlier? It, you know what I mean? Like the 3d is like, okay, I'm going to just do my work and die, you know, one day. 40 is now where I, where I was is like, why the hell did everyone lie to me about this? Why did they lie to me about school with the debt, this, that, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. and now it's, Oh, I had to experience that to understand how everybody else sees the world to see how the rest of civilization and humanity does what they need to do or the way that society has kind of built this cultural construct around us to believe these things. And so then now it's like, okay, like, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, you have a little bit more peace or just like a little bit more relaxation because of it. So is that, so like when we were talking about the other day, um, kind of about like, so say like someone's working like that nine to five, like their job that they go to every day, they work hard. Seven months later, they're scared to like, they, they get sick or they need some mental clarity. So they decide to take a day or two off. Like that falls in the realm of like, 5D, where is, where would you say that is? Because like, yes, like you're saying, like our society that we're, constructed to like grow up in like how society is constructed it's like you go to elementary school you go to middle school you go to high school you go to college you get your job you get into you know student debt you buy that house you get the yard you buy your nice car you make your loan payment you're still in debt you're still in <laughs> debt forever right. you do your job love it or hate it you do your job you retire sit on that whoever knows find a hobby at the end of 60 years old but right. the, the the problem with that is that like we're so constructed to that timeline like what we're supposed to do with society that like you know we were talking about is when you don't want to call into work because you feel horrible about it you feel like your boss is going to be mad at you your coworkers are going to be upset with you like 
You're going to get talked to when you come into work the next you day. Could or fired. You could be you're fired because be you fired. called in one time or your boss is going to be like passive aggressive right. the next day that you come in. It's just like all these really uncomfortable feelings that come up right. when we want to call into work right. or when we want to miss a day of school or so, you know what I mean? So it's like, so I guess how I would describe that is kind of, you know, that's a 3d experience, right? All those energies, that emotions. Mm -hmm. Now your level of consciousness comes in is how you handle that situation. Okay. The handling of the situation yeah, is where you start to level up in the 45. Right, okay. right. 3d is I'm going to just ignore my emotions and suck it up and be more detrimental to my life because in this moment, which I should be taking for myself, mm -hmm. 40 is a little bit more, you know, angry if he were to force me to kind of come into work or it's, or it's the realization of taking care of myself right. or just self care, right. be more 40. Right. And then you can even argue, I guess I would kind of bridge into 5D a little bit. Yeah. Because even there, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's the awareness of like, are you getting sick and not wanting to go in because this job is literally eroding you? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it becomes a little tricky, I guess, at that point, yeah. uh, you know, but again, it comes down to the handling. It's like, you know, if you're kind of afraid of like, that you're getting feet in that situation, if you are afraid of getting fired, then that's kind of 3d. If you kind of realize that you need to stop, but you're kind of at a point where you're like, you know, screw it, fuck it. If I get fired, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's more 40. 5D is like, no, I need to take this rest for myself. This is what I need. And if I get fired, it is what it is. I was supposed to get fired because there's something better for me. So more like acceptance of the outcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter what it is, like taking that time for you, whatever it needs to be in that 4D, realizing like, bridging that gap between 3d and 5d. And then the 5d is like coming to acceptance where whether my boss is going to be a douche or whether everything is cool when I go back and nothing, everything's fine. Right. Right. So like, exactly. yeah, that's a big thing that I've actually tried to live my life off of a lot, not knowing like whether it was three, four, 5d, but just like sure. in the, the construct of things like in my life is just like the acceptance of things makes everything I don't know. I don't know if it's easier. I don't know if it's better, but just, it makes life peaceful. Yeah. Like it makes just, it more peaceful. Right. Just coming to the acceptance of so many things, whether it's calling to work or anxiety or depression or the knee injury, you know what yeah. I mean? Or whatever, not being able to do the, the jujitsu tournament or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But like right. acceptance is just so unbelievably key in all aspects of life. And the next level to that is if you're in like a, you know, and maybe you can talk to us from, you know, uh, I'm sure people have heard the first podcast where we talked about your anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a level of you have a negative emotion, you have a negative feeling. And people kind of, from my understanding, what I've experienced, uh, this is where I want to hear your opinion, is you can kind of get stuck in that emotion or that feeling because you hold on to it so tight. You, you hold on to it and want to ignore it at the same time. You know, it's like, okay, that's a feeling, but it's not me. And so I want to push it away and get rid of it and be gone with it. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it has like a little bit of a backlash effect where that amplifies it because it's that whole thing, you know, what, you know, you can't, everything that gets exposed to the light becomes light, mm -hmm. you know? So if you actually sit with it and like accept it and you're like, okay, I'm feeling like with my knee, like I was like, I felt that like I was letting people down right. for not competing. Like, right. Which goes back to what we were just talking about, like right. calling into work, 
and all that. Like you're not allowed to not go to your jujitsu tournament because people are expecting you to be there and they're expecting you to win. And they're, you know, and that's like like, a construct though that I've built up in my mind. Right. mm -hmm. Of like, and so then, yeah. So then the next step is, is like, just sit there with that emotion and it's like, just accept it. Mm -hmm. And this is where it kind of comes into the five D is like, okay, I'm feeling this emotion. Like, why am I feeling this emotion? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to learn from this emotion? And what I've kind of processed throughout my existence is that negative emotions like that, especially tied to external events, usually means there's something within me that I, something within me or something about my history in the universe that has kind of created a ripple effect almost Mm -hmm. or an incongruency within my, myself. So like, you know, in theory, if, say I say it was even more extreme. Like I broke my leg and it's like, now I feel like I'm letting down people. It's like, dude, no one expects you to fight with a broken leg. Right. right. But yet I project that onto my external reality. It's like, so where trauma is a weird, I feel like a pretty heavy word for it, but it's like where in my past or in my history, have I felt like I let someone down and what caused this like incongruency or this ripple to fracture through my reality? And quite frankly, through my spirit that has brought me to this moment of like, okay, I need to realize like what happened here. Like I need to take a step back and, and, and use this moment, use the energy that is created, right? Cause emotions are just energy in motion. Mm-hmm. Use the energy of this emotion to learn something about myself. Right. Yeah. Do you think everything happens for a reason? You know, that saying everything, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You think so? Everything happens for a reason. Well, it depends. It depends <laughs> how you mean by it. I know, right? Like, because, you know, if, if I push my coffee over, it's like, well, why did that coffee fall? It's like, well, right. you pushed it. Yeah. That's the reason. Right. You know, why am I having this podcast? It's like, I want to have engaging conversations with people. That's the reason. Okay. So. I guess things out of your control. So, like, do you think there's homeless people all over San Diego for a reason? For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a reason, right? Right. It, like, I, you know, this could go to a political conversation, but I would like to refrain from that. Universe, just, universalize, I guess, like the universe speaking out, like, you know what I mean? Sure. Maybe yeah. there's, you know, it's, it's to highlight that there's maybe an issue with our political system, right. no matter what it is, that it's imperfect or that we've made decisions that are imperfect. And therefore we're creating more of a divide between you know, and, and maybe it's between the wealthy class and the lower class, or it's, you know, having more homeless people, you know, causing inflation at a higher rate. Like there's a, I believe that it comes down from a, a structural thing. That's an issue and it's manifesting itself in the external world. And it usually has to do with something of the individual nature of each person. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to even just give like your thought on that because who knows? Like, oh, this is for like, do you stub your toe for a reason? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can go into depth of that whole thing, but it's just such a broad saying, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And I wonder, I'm like, sometimes, I don't know. It's just like, if you want to get real deep with it, it's just like, you know, if everything happens for a reason, like there's a, you know, a baby is born, three weeks later passes away. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can either go real in depth with that or just like have grief on it forever, but like, was there a reason for something like that traumatic, like that? So what this kind of gets into in my, and what I'm hearing is like good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like what's the construct of good Which is or a bad? video, you were, something you were wanting to talk about, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if I made that video yet. Good or bad, good and bad. 
I might have made that. Or no, I don't think I did. Yeah. Well, look for my YouTube channel. Go subscribe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> throw that in. Uh, but yeah, the core concepts of good or bad being that we're, we're creatures that associate meaning to things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? We are constantly searching for meaning. And therefore, we kind of get sucked into this world of polarity where it's like, okay, is this good or is this bad? Um, or, you know, we want to make a judgment association on things where it's then enables, it enables us to kind of orientate the world a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about with my Airbnb, like, is it good or bad that they canceled? Well, it caused me a lot of distress, but maybe that was good. Maybe I needed to go through that to process some of that energy and to release it and to relax a little bit more because then I found one, yeah. you know, two weeks later. Yeah. Just a moment to check yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. And so I... I guess I kind of view it that everything that occurs uh, gives us an opportunity to learn something about ourselves Mm -hmm. and you get to choose, I guess I'll kind of leave it at that. You get to learn something about yourself because at the end of the day, um, you know, it's like that as above, so below Mm -hmm. it's like, however much, what I'm seeing on the outside world is a pure reflection of my inside world. Yeah. The reason I'm seeing like red, green, orange, yellow, blue, purple is a reflection of my inside. Like the way my eyes have genetically developed over the years to perceive light. It's why I can't see UV rays. It's why I can't see like ultraviolet light. You know, it's, it's, which I think are the same, <laughs> but regardless, you know, it's why you can't see like Wi-Fi signal that's like going through because mm-hmm. we haven't evolved to see those things. Yeah. You know, so, even the idea of like this external reality of this world is like, it's, it's an illusion at some level. Right. It's so crazy, <laughs> dude. It's just like, sometimes like when you're like hiking and you see the depths of just like mountains and plains and stuff, it just like throws that straight illusion at you. And yeah. it's like almost like when I go to like, for instance, I don't know, three sisters falls. If anybody's ever been there, it's, there's a point in the hike where just like, you're standing on the trail and you're looking out into like the vast distance of just like the mountains and the valleys and like, it just messes with your vision kind of, and it messes like with your perspective of like where you're standing and like how much is really out there, but also how little is really out there. Like looking out to the ocean, endless to us. It's just endless, endless space, endless amounts of water, just vast, like messes with your depth perception and like where you're standing in reality. But like the illusion will mess with you, dude. There's well, illusions everywhere. I've, sure. noticed that, I've noticed that like at the Grand Canyon too. And if you just like look straight out, it's that like depth of like, what in the hell am I It's looking? so crazy. Like, how far, like, that's a city away. Like, I'm looking across a city. Almost. Like, San Diego, you could, like, sit in that little gap yeah. or more. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah. I know, like, the, from the base to the top, it's, like, the Empire State Building or that's something. That's how tall it is? Yeah, or how deep it is? Yeah. Like, its highest point. No, what? Like yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been. It's stupid, dude. Yeah. It's stupid. Like, or maybe, when, maybe, like, when you're sitting at the Grand Canyon, like, at night, and then you, that's when you see all the stars. You see the Milky Way galaxy. You see the solar dude. system. Like, see the moon for what it is or you see like venus for what it is and all the stars and all that stuff like it's just so it's so fascinating and it's so yeah i've experienced that at joshua tree because like and then it's crazy because like your eyes adjust to there being no light yeah it's like you just have the stars but you can still see i remember still being able to see everything like in the desert of joshua tree and it wasn't like a full moon or anything yeah i i don't even know if there was a moon it might have just been a sliver and it's like you can still like your ability to adapt mm-hmm. is so phenomenal that you're still able to see like all the 
the brush or like the trees, like at least the outline. See like the shade of all, like yeah. even like the mountains in the distance in Joshua yeah. Tree, like you can see the perfect outline, like where it's at. So like, even if you're hiking at night, you can just use all that as like a guide and stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Did I ever tell you about my Joshua Tree story? The, the ghost one? Oh, well, let's hear oh, it. Dude, I love so ghosts. Good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a ghost. I don't know. It was really <laughs> cool. But me and Ryan went camping in Joshua Tree. Okay. And we were going for like a four-day, like no phone venture in Joshua Tree. So we, we get there and all the sites are taken. So we were going to do, we went there on a Wednesday night. So Thursday morning, we were just going to go to the one of the first come first serves. So the first night we got there, we had the backcountry camp. Meaning you have to park your car on one of the pull-offs okay. and you have to hike like a mile or two out into nothing, into just the desert. No trails, no campgrounds, nothing back there. So it's really, you can't have fires. Um, Cause it's none of it's like- and This you, is all just a camp you just- Yeah, it's just called, they call it just backcountry camping. So okay. if you don't get a site, you just have to like hike two, you have to hike like a mile or two off the road that goes through Joshua Tree. So we park our car, we take it all out. It's already dark by the time we park. We drove, you know, we drove there the later into the day. But we set up all of our stuff. It's a full moon. So we went there when there was a full moon. So you can see everything, right? Yeah. It's like a big flashlight out there when you're in Joshua Tree. It's crazy. Just like we were talking about. You can see, it's like the daytime. When you hike at night, you don't need flashlights. Yeah, you're good. When you're at a full moon. Even when the stars are out, it's kind of like you can see pretty much everything. Damn, but anyway, cool. so... We're just spending one night into the back country, set up our tent. My tent doesn't have like, or you can take off the top so you can see the sky and all that. But anyway, we smoke a little weed, smoke a joint. We're sitting on our camping chairs and by like midnight, we're like, all right, let's just go to bed. We want to get up early and start hiking, go get a site and all that stuff. First come, first serve site. So we lay down in our tent. I pass out right away. I mean, you see me when we're here hanging out, just yeah. zonked <laughs> out, you know? So anyway, we, we, I fall asleep. Must have been like an hour later, Ryan wakes me up and he's like, Hey man, he's like, Do you hear that? And I'm listening, I sit up, I'm like half asleep. I'm like, No, dude, I don't hear anything. And he's like, Just listen. I'm like, Dude, I don't hear it. So I lay back down and all of a sudden, like 10 seconds later, he's like, All right, listen, dude. So all of a sudden, in the distance, I mean, it was like a pretty decent distance away. We just hear like this wooden flute noise, just like, Ooh, like it was this, like with a tune. Like okay. with an actual tune. Like, like a someone, melody? Like yeah, like someone was playing like an old like wooden flute is what it sounded like. Okay. So I'm listening to this thing. I'm like, <sighs> starting to trip <laughs> out a little bit. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like there's nobody near us. Like there were no cars parked in our pull-off for someone else to be backcountry yeah. camping. The odds of somebody playing a wooden flute at 1230 in the morning How in Joshua Tree. Like? I don't know, a couple hundred feet. Like it was a distance, okay. you know, it was good, yeah. you know, maybe, yeah, who knows, a couple hundred feet. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Okay. You know, you know, that's where the illusion, Joshua Tree, yeah. like it's so big and vast, who yeah. knows? So we're listening to this and he goes, dude, it's like, I don't want to freak you out. But when you were sleeping, this thing, the, the tune was like going past our tent. Now, when you're in Joshua Tree, it's nothing but pebbles right. everywhere. It's a right. desert. So when you walk, it's... <laughs> Yeah. It's impossible to not make noise Correct. on the trail, in your campsite, wherever, even if you're tiptoeing, it's going to be, it's impossible to yeah, not make sound. A little bit. This, there was no footsteps. He said it just, that tune just went past our tent and then into the distance and then came back closer and then back farther away again. And then that's when he woke me up. He didn't want to wake me up like when it was passing our tent because he was scared shitless. Yeah. So yeah, all of a sudden I'm like listening. I'm like, nope, dude. We're out of here. Just pack up all of our shit and slept in my car for for an hour. It was really fun, but for an hour. 
yeah. to do so. That I don't know, dude. When you when you get into things like that, like the amount of people that have been in Joshua Tree over the thousands and thousands of years that Joshua Tree has been around, like all the hieroglyphs that you see, like in the caves yeah. there, and like all that stuff, like who knows, like it's what this was? Yeah, and dude. Nobody's really constructed over it. It was just yeah, like how how long has Joshua Tree been around? I don't know, but I'm gonna guess like that area, millions of years. Oh, easily. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at one point it was underwater. You know what I mean? Like that's just what happens with our with our world. Is it just like right. you know water comes up and or whatever else? But like this desert was like underwater at one point. Tra- like hunter gatherers and travelers have been through there, thousands of people. So it's like there is so much energy there. There's so much illusion there. There's just so much depth and like just this little space. And then you take that off to the universe right. and it's nothing. You know what I mean? Just this little speck of nothing. Right. Yeah. Dude, it's that would great dude i don't know i'll never forget that moment it was so wild it's so fascinating to like kind of think about that too because you know you think about you know nothing's created nor destroyed energy speaking right you know to tie this back into like a consciousness thing it's like well you know we scientifically don't know what's controlling us yeah i think what they've gone down to is thinking about the pineal gland essentially is some sort of transceiver Right. For like an extraterrestrial world yeah. that we can't even perceive with our own senses because we didn't evolve to receive it. Right. I guess at some point our pineal gland did, but regardless, you then transform that and it's like, you know, what if it's like, and this is kind of the way I've been trying to, I guess, I guess I'm thinking about this is like, you know, it's almost like if the body were to die, but that energy still thinks that it's like on this plane of existence almost. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can see it throughout movies. And maybe that's why movies have cultivated us in like these ghost things where it's like, you know, spirits are trapped and can't move on. It's like, you know, something about that idea just like kind of resonates at like a energetic level. I mean, you know, if you kick in the logical mind, it's like, Oh, we can't prove that. Or like, that's never been proven. It's like, yeah, sure. But if you turn off the logical mind and you're just like, you sit with that feeling mm-hmm. of like, okay, like what feels like it makes the most sense. Right. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Like that feels right. Like if I don't know that I die, if some dude's playing the flute in Joshua tree and maybe he got, he didn't even know that he died. Like maybe he got lost and just thought that if he kept playing the flute, he'd eventually like find someone. Yeah. And this is literally just like what I, the loop he's stuck in. Who knows? Yeah. And yeah. he just like, maybe he died from exhaustion like one night. And now his his soul is trapped in Joshua Tree, yeah. playing this flute, thinking that eventually he's gonna find like his home, or, like get home somehow. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's pretty wild, though. No, you just put yourself so in a wild. space of energy like that. You know what I mean? Like a place like Joshua Tree or the mountains or whatever. Like it'll change your perspective on life, whether you experience that flute noise or not. Like <laughs> you know, just a vast, vast distance. Just what's in Joshua Tree or what's in these places? Like highly recommend get out and do those things because it's so eye opening. Even if you just go and sit for a night. You know what I mean? Silence or whatever. Like just being able to be in that space where it's calm. There's no noise. The stars are out. Like it'll ch- just little things like that will change your perspective on life and, so and I much. Think I think there has to be a huge correlation with like energetic frequencies, right? Mm-hmm. So like right now we're surrounded by the frequency of that laptop, of those lights, mm-hmm. of the Wi-Fi that's in this room. You know, the Wi-Fi of our phones, the telephone wires that are going around us, the Wi-Fi that's hitting from plate from building to building. Mm-hmm. You know, we're surrounded in such an artificial energetic place by being in the city. But then when you go out to like nature, you go out to these like very remote destinations where 
you don't have that. You walk two miles into the middle of nowhere, yeah. right? You are now only surrounded by the energetic frequency of the earth, of the planet, right? right. Of and of whatever you bring with you, right? Like maybe straight energy, dude. Like straight natural energy. It's just pure. What is it called? Schumann resonance. Like just pure. It's like the resonance of the earth. Or oh, something. sure. Yeah. But I think the frequency of it changes. So I don't. You know, maybe we don't dive too deep into that, but yeah, I don't know much about that. But case in point, that the Earth does give off its own electromagnetic frequency, right? We know that with the poles shifting, right? But then the next layer of that is like, what frequency do we resonate at with the Earth? It's like we came from the Earth, and so it's like you become more in tune with that frequency when you find yourself stepping out and going into these different you know, nature, going into nature, going to Joshua tree, mm -hmm. going into the grand Canyon, going to any state park yeah. in general, Yeah, you know, or even taking mushrooms, just sitting mushrooms. on your couch. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Eating something from the earth that transcends, like literally re-evolves your brain and opens up pathways. You can't do unless you do like certain types of breath work right. um, or any other type of like, you know, whether it's psilocybin or a psychedelic or even smoking a joint or something like it's all different. Like everything you take is going to be different, but even just like finding that energy through something like that, if you can't get out and about whatever. Yeah, dude, it's so wild. It's right. it's so crazy. Like even like the other day when we were, when I was you know, walking all and you're just sitting meditating fingertips to the earth, that mycelium that's flooded through underneath the world, like underneath the dirt, underneath the grass and all that stuff. Like that just connectivity that is everywhere, right? everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can get rid of a headache by sitting on the ground, feeling the grass and doing some breath work, 100%. you know, or you can, we're that powerful though. It, yeah. And this is what kind of, we could turn this back to the 3D, 4D, 5D mm -hmm. is it's like, we've almost, I have theories on why it's happened, but we've essentially culture has basically like pushed all of our beliefs external us, you know, whether you take it to religion, you mm -hmm. know, God has the answers. It's not you. It's somebody else. And right. we don't have to go deep down that rabbit hole. But the whole problem of that is like these institutions essentially create these ideas that it's not you, it's somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to find salvation within yourself. It's somebody else. You're not going to be able to educate yourself. You have to go to college. You're not going to be able to make money on your own. You need to work for a company. Right. You know, so it's all of this. It's almost like a society that we've not we, well, we, I guess, have cultivated where you you keep you're you're telling people that it's somewhere else and not within mm -hmm. and uh what, what, <laughs> where did we where were we going down this rabbit hole yeah just like the energy of like our bodies and the earth together and oh, like right. all that stuff like yeah like you can cultivate that all on your own like healing property manifestation is real with action you know what i mean like manifestation right. is definitely a it's a real thing it's just like you bring the energy that you want to receive into your life like and you need to kind of will it be willing. I think this is a big thing with manifestation is that you need to be willing to kind of deal with it too. Right. If you find yourself in a situation where like you're facing fear, like for example, with my situation, I know that I was trying to manifest a, a lifestyle to be able to travel the world, mm -hmm. which I'm now doing. And, but the problem is, or the thing, not the problem, but the thing that people don't realize is that I needed to overcome fear of quitting my job. If I ever wanted to experience what I'm experiencing, mm -hmm. it's like you can manifest whatever you want, but you need to be able to go over the hurdles and push through the barriers that are in that way to make it occur. Yeah. To make it happen. Get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Comfort is the most comfortable thing. Like comfort is key for so many people, like same ham sandwich for lunch every day. You know what I mean? Or 
You know, they're, they're working that job for 40, 50 years that they might hate or whatever it is. What's his name? Uh, Kevin O'Leary has a great quote. It's uh, a salary. A salary is the drug they give you to keep a salary, a paycheck. A salary is the drug that they give you to forget about your dreams. Right. Yeah. So like, here, you want Here's $60,000 a year? Take this comfort. <laughs> Come work 60 hours comfort. a week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah, a lot of people have a hard time, and I totally get it. Like for me, like the comfort zone was so familiar for so long, mainly due to like my depression and like my anxiety and just like how I grew up. You know what I mean? So just for like sure. the comfort for me was just so important to not step out of my comfort zone because number one, it was probably going to engage in a panic attack. You know what right. I mean? I didn't want that. So it's like, why would the hell would I go to a yoga class when I'm super uncomfortable? You know what I mean? Right. But in the end, like I'm not growing one bit from that. You know right. what I mean? Just like not going to yoga or not changing my diet or not quitting drinking or not quitting smoking because drinking is comfort for a lot of people. For me, it was, you know what I mean? Go out to the bars, have fun with your friends, but hey, bro, you're going to suffer for a few days afterwards because it's not what your body needs, you know? Right. It's the, and that's actually a really interesting thing that kind of just clicked there is like, you know, if you, if you drink or let's say you do drugs too recklessly, you're taking away your future happiness and putting it into the current Yeah. versus if you get out of your comfort zone, like, man, like this traveling, like, I think on the outside, it looks super dope, but it's not easy. Like it puts you through some stressful. Like, it's stressful. It can be stressful. It puts you through some mental shit. Yeah. Like, especially if you go to a country you've never been to, uh, like a country where you're not fluent in the language. I've never lived by myself before. And then I just went and did it for two months mm -hmm. in a country. I didn't know the language. Didn't know. So you've always had a roommate or something after high school and college, high and school, stuff, yeah. college. And then, you know, moving out here. Yeah. I was, that was the longest period of time that I was like isolated essentially, which yeah. it, it'll like expose you to some shit about yourself. You're just like, fuck, like, okay. Like, I guess I, you start to reevaluate kind of like what's going on, you know? Yeah, I think finding discomfort is super important. I mean, if like you're stable, obviously don't like not putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation where you're going to fail or where you're not going to rise back up or whatever. But everybody knows their limits. Everybody knows where to push That's yourself. Relative, though, right? so. True. But like you're not living on the streets in Brazil because you didn't have any more money. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's a there's a there's a point in time where you have to say, okay, like I'm really just like reaching for this, or you know what I mean? Like I've been also trying to get out of comfort, but like stepping out of a comfort zone is super important. Like on the last, on the last right. podcast we did, like stepping into that yoga class, not knowing probably going to have a panic attack, maybe not. And the one time that I did it, huge shift in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But stepping out of that comfort zone was like my number one thing, driving in traffic, knowing I might have a panic attack, right. whatever, you know what I mean? Like right. there's no other way that I'm going to get past having panic attacks in traffic than driving in traffic to maybe induce a panic attack, you know, like, right. And, and what this is making me think of, and maybe something that's probably a good example for people listening is I know, you know, think about this in the realm of phobias, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I know that there's people that are, and for some reason, this idea, I think I heard this from a psychologist that are afraid of elevators. So, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm not afraid of them, but I don't like them at all. Uh -huh. Every time I step into one, do, do, do. <laughs> you know that, really? but anyway, yeah. Okay, well, not, a fan. This, maybe not this, a fan. Maybe this is good uh, advice for you. But what essentially they were talking about is, you know, it, it's. I hate to say it's not like a realistic fear because like fears are valid, but it's just like something that you should be able to transcend. All right, mm -hmm. like for, that's like going like that from that four D to that five D, or maybe even three to five. Right. Is like you know if you're afraid to do something. You know, you don't just, if you're afraid to go travel the world, 
like, but you know, you want to, you might not be able to be in a spot where you just quit your job, right? right. You have to take those incremental steps to get there, which is kind of what I figured out in, in this example, I'll kind of distribute it. It's like, okay, like if you have someone um, who is afraid of elevators, okay, you bring them photos of elevators and say like, you know, are you okay looking at these photos? You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, okay, yeah, like I can look at these photos. Like, that's cool. It's like, okay, cool. Like, you're good. Okay, now I'm going to show you an elevator. Let's go stand at the end of a hallway and look at an elevator. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are, are you good? Like, yeah, yeah I'm good. Okay, sure. cool. So now let's start to walk towards it. You know, maybe as you're walking towards it, you start to feel some anxiety and pressure building up. And it's like, okay, like, do you want to stop? Like, should we keep moving? Yeah. It's like, I'm feeling anxious, but let's keep moving. It's like, okay, we keep moving. You get to the doors. You're looking at the doors. It's like, okay, I'm going to open them. Are you okay if I open them? It's like, yeah. Okay, cool. You open it. The doors open up and you get a rush of anxiety as you're looking at this empty elevator cart. <laughs> and it's like, hey, like at this point, like you can say no, like that you don't want to go further because, uh-huh. you know, look, granted, maybe you just made huge progress in your life. Right. You know, maybe that's huge progress to even get to the doors, you know? And, and so... You know, maybe, maybe that's all you can do for the day. And then you go home and then you come back the next day and you, you actually get into the cart, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the point is, is like, you know, these, these fears, although they are legitimate, it's like, you can make steps to incrementally get past them. Yeah. 100%. And I did that with hiking. Yeah. I used to have panic attacks in the middle of a hike. Really? Because I was, well, I'm 50% of the way to the top and 50% away from the bottom. Which direction do I go to get out of this this discomfort? But yeah, like hike up a quarter mile and then next week hike hike up a half a mile. And the next week, you know, maybe the half mile again or whatever it is. But yeah, like you don't have to just jump and go straight to Brazil and quit your job and all that stuff. Like there's ways to, to get out of the comfort zone or pressing fear back or whatever it might be. And I think this is a good way to tie it into the idea of manifestation because this accumulated, I think over like two and a half years mm-hmm. because I had always wanted to just like your journey, on, right? Yeah. Like my journey, journey yeah. personal journey. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to like live on my terms, live where I wanted to live, be where I wanted to be when I wanted to be there. And that first idea came in when I first went to Brazil, maybe the two and a half, three years ago. And so it's not like, that next day that I had that thought, I wasn't going to quit my job. Yeah. Like no yeah. chance. I yeah. still had debt. I still had all these things. So this was two and a half years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so the point, and this is what I tried, I think is a crucial thing about the idea of manifestation is like, but I still focused on living a life without, you know, needing other, living a life without needing to be in one location. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it then became like this process of like, self-discovery, which is a whole long thing of its own. But, you know, it's like, okay, what do I need to do? Okay. I have to get out of debt. Like number one, like that was the first thing that started screaming at me. Right. So then it's like, adjust your budget, get out of debt. Um, you know, start saving up money. It's like, all right, well, if you go and travel, like, what are you going to do if you go and travel? It's like, all right, well, I don't really know. And, and, and so there's this whole process of understanding how to deal with fear and, and learning about myself and healing some childhood trauma along the way. And it's a really long story. Uh, maybe I'll make a podcast episode on it mm-hmm. one day. But the key is, is though that setting that intention of living anywhere, being wherever you want to be, it needs to be an idea before it happens. And then you have to take the actionable steps to get you there. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I think about is maybe it could have happened faster if I would have like wrote out a plan. Like if it's like, all right, here's the plan. Cause to me, I kind of just like thought about it and always was like, okay, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. I want to do it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll do it, but I'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And that's kind of like a lot of the way things have fallen, but 
I'm starting to think now that like if I ever had like a plan with like some timelines, then it could happen a lot quicker. Oh yeah, I think so definitely because you can make steps like small goals lead to like that one big goal. You know what I mean? Stuff right. like that. Does uh, meditating help with that? Like when you started meditating? Because I know you med started really meditating like, before you left for Brazil. Yeah, I've probably meditating. I I swear I'll swear on my grave by meditating. Yeah, you should probably just chiseling Clayton meditation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on my tombstone. Yeah, every uh, night, every morning, every night, every morning. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably three years. I've probably done every night, every morning. Yeah, you know, granted, sometimes like nobody's perfect. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, but you know, I had always meditated on and off maybe for two years, a year and a half. And then I really dug into it maybe for sure a year, maybe a year and a half ago. It was like 10 minutes before bed, 10 minutes when I wake up. Yeah. You know, like I've always kind of done that. Um, and man, it just has very profound effects, I think, on your body and your and therefore your outer world. Presence. Because, I, I yeah, and I think and it's going to get into another thing where I, I believe like when you're sleeping, you kind of you go into this world of just your subconscious almost. Mm hmm. And so I think it's really important to prep your brain for that. And then also like prep it when it comes out. Like if you're about to go into that, it's like you can set some intentions. And I think I've been working on lucid dreaming, which is a whole nother thing, but I pulled that off one night mm -hmm. recently. But the point is, is that, you know, your, your dreams, people don't want to associate meaning to some of their dreams, but like, man, I, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of knowledge to gain from dreams because, you know, it's not, Although it seems random, it's your subconscious talking to you. Like it, it seems random, but it's not like somebody else like made this random skit and put it in your head. It's like, it's you, man. It's so wild. Like you created it. Like we were talking about how you can like make someone up in your dream that you've never met before. Yeah. Or like what we, were, what we were saying before is maybe you saw this person in passing three years ago and you noticed them for just that split. Like, oh, there's a pretty girl on the boardwalk. And then she's in your dream three years. Like, I don't know. I don't know how but that it, works. Who, it's so crazy how you can like call someone by a name and make their figure up. Right. Never don't even know who they are. The second you wake up, like I have no idea who that person was, but I went on this date with them or like we went hiking together, whatever the dream consisted of. It's just like, yeah, there's so much activation in the brain going on that like that meditation before sleep, like and especially engaging that parasympathetic nervous system. Cause like, if you go into sleep with your sympathetic nervous system, like your fight or flight, like more than times than not, you wake up with that sympathetic nervous system still engaged. Like okay. if your sleep isn't right. Like your dreams might be bad. You know what I mean? Like stuff like sure. that, like your sympathetic nervous system, like if you go to it sleep engaged, it's more than likely going to stay. So how would you, how would you, how breath. would you say that people just breath, breath work, meditation, like just it, the most simple breath work that anybody can ever do. Honestly, with their, with, if they're stressed out driving, if they're at their job at their desk, if you're at the park, if you're getting ready for bed, if you wake up in the morning, just equal breath in, equal breath out. In through the nose, every breath in, no matter what, because your nose is your filtration system. It's cleansing everything in so that it doesn't damage your lungs. Also, breathing in and out through your nose, engage nitric oxide, which then is a vasodilator, which opens up all your bloodstream so that all your blood cells can go to your muscles and carbon dioxide can re release oxygen, which carbon dioxide is a good engagement for the parasympathetic nervous system. So in and out through the nose, like counting four in and four out and four in. Like if that's your meditation, that's the best thing you could ever do for your body, like right. prepping for sleep and waking up or before a meal. Like 
That's huge too. But yeah, before a meal and especially like breathing while you're eating is a huge thing. Like chewing 20, 30 times one bite and breathing in and out through your it, nose. It makes the food taste better. It does. So it does. Yeah. And like engaging like all those muscles to be relaxed, like your digestive system to relax, the tract to be relaxed, your sphincter to be relaxed. Like everything is through breath. I mean, breath is the most underestimated and the most important thing about our body. All right. It's everything. It's the first thing you do. Like it's the thing, the one thing you do all day long. Yeah. And you don't even notice it. Yeah. It's so just passive in and out, in and out. And then that's when we tend to mouth breathe and have no filtration for our lungs. And that's when our lungs get damaged. And that's when our blood pressure rises. So another thing is like, you want your blood pressure to be low when you go to bed. Like you want your parasympathetic nervous system to be, to be engaged. Like you want that rest and digest and that sleep. So when, like when you mouth breathe, like everything skyrockets, you know what I mean? Your sympathetic nervous system engages, your blood pressure shoots so high, but like you breathe in and out through your nose, engage like that carbon dioxide, and that nitric oxide and just counts in and out. That's the best thing anybody can do before they go to bed. Like last night, I just laid on the floor flat, just in and out, in and out for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's it. But like you so might pass out doing it. You might fall asleep doing it. It might engage your parasympathetic nervous system so much. You might just fall asleep doing that. And then that's perfect. That's pretty powerful. But itself, right? yeah, that, that morning and night meditation, even if it's not like you're just sitting still straight up with your fingers connected or whatever, like it doesn't have to be that. It can be just breathing. Well, and yeah, what you bring up there, I think is a super important point about like meditating. You know, you, I believe that like the 3D representation of mm -hmm. med meditating is sitting in silence and doing nothing and not focusing on anything and paying attention to nothingness. Cause this is the first thing I always hear when people are like, Oh, I can't meditate. I'm always thinking blah, blah, blah. like, I can't, first of all, my first thought is like, you need to meditate if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> But, but there was a practice and I heard some guy, honestly, it might've been on Joe Rogan or something. He described like your thoughts as this long list of like an email chain where it's just like, when you have a thought and don't complete it, it need it like, it's still sitting in your inbox. Right. And he described meditating. He's thought as like, as a, you're seeing your email. So like whatever you thought, just let yourself think it and just go down the rabbit hole, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I tried that for a while and eventually I got to a place where I didn't really have any thoughts. Like, so for people listening, like that's an option to just sit in silence with just your mind and like, let it run. You're like, going to think, yeah, you're going to, your brain yeah. is so active. Like you're going to think, and a lot of people don't want to do that because when you're meditating and you're breathing, a lot of thoughts come up in your mind that are really uncomfortable. Like, oh mm -hmm. shit, like why did I say that to my coworker? Or right. why did I talk that way to my mom right. or my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Or, oh, I hate my job. Or damn it, like I wish I could do this. Or like, you're supposed to be thinking of those things. Right. Like the silent mind, like that's not, that's so, for, for very little people, like that's possible, but like your mind is just gonna go here and then go there. But the point of meditation is like, okay, my mind just went here come back to my, come back to my space, my presence, come back to the breath. And it might only last 10 seconds. Maybe it lasts one, four second breath in and one, four second breath out. Then you're thinking about what you said to your boss again, yeah. you said to your coworker or you, that you don't like your job or that you want to start this certain hobby. And then you come back to your breath right? and you lose it and you come back. But like, that's the whole point. It's, and a lot it's of people, like the intention. yeah, it's like, Oh, like I look weird meditating or I don't like all the discomfort I'm thinking about or sitting in silence and all these thoughts that come. Well, you know what? Like, 
that's where the work happens, yeah. you know, like that's, that's where you like upgrade. Yeah. That's how you upgrade like your reality. Like self-criticism too. You know what I mean? Just well, like, and, and so something that's positive about that. I remember I was over here at shock fitness and I was, uh, you know, in the sauna and I remember I was meditating and you know, like I always had like those self doubts, but this was probably like a year or two into me meditating. And I realized I just started having like positive thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. It was like, like that person gave you a compliment. Like, remember when you gave that person a compliment or do you remember when you helped this person with that thing or mm -hmm. like this and that? And it was just like this super positive, like, I was like, what the hell? Like I even posted on my Instagram story. I was like, I didn't even know, like I could, I was like, I think I posted get to a place with your meditation where it's only positive thoughts. And maybe now, you know, it's not always going to only be positive. Right. But you can at least start get to a place where that positivity is at least in balance, maybe with the negativity or, you know, maybe you're experiencing more positive thoughts, you know, it's, or you turn that, I wish I could do this into, okay, what's the first step to doing that? Right. Like then starting to visualize what that looks like and right. then manifesting that energy. And then that's where you can start to like, even, all right, this action needs to happen. And then this action, oh, back to the breath. Okay. This action, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. Like you can start turning like the, Oh, I wish I could start doing jujitsu into, okay, where's the nearest gym? Right. Where am I, how am I going to get there? What's when the can steps? I start? What is right. it going to do for me? What are the steps? You know what I mean? Like, just like you said, like that, that negativity or those uncomfortable thoughts, like, Oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that, but I can't can turn into like, okay, what's the first step? Right. What's the next step? Where do I need to start? When can I start? Okay. Wednesday, Wednesday, I'm just going to go drive past the gym and I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see what's going on in the energy in that, in that space. You know what I mean? Like, do I like the neighborhood? Do I like to look at the gym? Do I like the, whatever it is for you. Right. You know what I mean? It could be, it could just be that. And, and there is going to be uncomfortability with that. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing is, is like, this is maybe as a weird way to put it, but like, if you just sat still, this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. If you sit still and do absolutely nothing, mm -hmm. You're going to get anxious because you're not fulfilling your life's purpose. Right. Your dharma. Your dharma. Right. <laughs> if you're just sitting on the couch watching TV, you're going to get anxious from that. And if you go and try to join a gym, you're going to get anxiety from that too. Hell yeah. So the question becomes, you know, do you want to, it's almost choose. You get to choose. We all get a choice of if you're going to get your anxiety today from sleeping on the couch, or are you going to get your stress uh, slash anxiety from choosing or being uncomfortable? Right. Like you're, you're going to get anxiety from being comfortable, but the process of overcoming the uncomfortability will also pose its challenges. But then on the other side of it, you get that reward. You get that dopamine, you get mm -hmm. that serotonin spike. If you want to take those next steps to complete what you want to do right. like you set out a goal and yeah. you actually complete that like going goal. into the gym maybe you live for 10 minutes maybe you just go into the gym maybe and look just, around maybe just it's exactly maybe yeah. you walk in feel the vibe like okay when i come here next time that's what i want to do and that's okay let's stop there just you know what i mean like yeah. maybe i just want to go ride that bike maybe right. i want to get on the treadmill maybe i just want to grab some 10 pound dumbbells and move my arms and move my joints you know what i mean but yeah like slow steps you know what i mean like through the whole process of traveling to consciousness yeah. you know what i mean like it's you're not jumping there you're not leaping there you're not just you're gonna you're, miss a ton of lessons yeah along the way. you're not there like yeah. there's gonna be like like you said like the 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 difference between the stress of laying on the couch and being upset that you're not doing anything that you want to be doing compared to the stress of going to the gym and 
feeling judged, but then eventually going into the gym and even having some anxiety that you're at the gym, right? Like it's two polar opposites right. of that type of anxiety and stress. And, and I think, you know, something that's hitting in my mind is like when you are in that state of like, you know, just looking at the elevator door or just looking inside the gym, mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of come out of that and you're like, Oh, like you're, you have this sense of pride, even though you didn't, I don't want to say, even though you didn't lift, you still conquered a fear of yours. You still pushed your fear a little bit back. You mm -hmm. pushed against it. You know, you became more whole in a sense, you became more aligned with who you are. Yeah. And that's where I see that like that serotonin gets released and that's where you kind of start to get that ball rolling. That's where you start to gain that momentum of your reality and actually, you know, becoming your best self. Right. And like understanding like where the discomfort comes in, like, let's just go back to the gym thing. Right. It's like, so for me, like this goes back to the story of the first, the first podcast, one of the biggest changing moments in my life where like, I couldn't go into the yoga studio right. for five, six months. But right. what I did is I would drive to the yoga studio and then drive to the yoga studio for two, three days out of the week for months, driving there, driving there, driving there, sometimes getting out of the car. Make, sometimes making my way to the front door, but no. So my anxiety uh, and the stress and the anxiety of going into there was like claustrophobia, panic attack. Some people's might be just like, okay, I'm going to feel judged or I'm going to look stupid when I'm lifting weights or I'm going to look stupid on the treadmill or maybe they have a fear of being around a lot of people. So then it induces like physical anxiety. So like understanding the steps that you need to take to get past that. Maybe you need to go into a corner of the gym where there's nobody, like everybody's in front of you and nobody's behind you. So not many people are looking at you or maybe you need to be close to the door working out so that if you need to, you feel stressed and overwhelmed physically, you can walk outside or whatever it is. Like everybody's steps are going to be different, but it's going to take a lot of energy to like figure out what those steps are, you know? And like, for me, I was figuring out what my steps were. I never knew if I was going to walk back into the yoga room, right. you know what I mean? But I knew that I had to at least drive there. You know just, what I mean? Just I had I had to just drive. Now, did you feel like that there was fear inside you? Terrified. Like, yeah, you were like terrified of even just looking at the door. Terrified. Just looking at the door. It was more depression looking at the door because I was so terrified of going inside. Okay. So that like built up a lot of depression and being upset with myself and just like my situation. But like right. I was very unconscious back then, twenty four years old or whatever I was at the time. But like terrified. Absolutely terrified. Chest is heavy. Heart's beating. Sweating already. How am I going to even stand in the yoga class or do one posture? I'm going to fall over dead. You know what I mean? Right. But like, for me, yeah, it was like just all physical. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have this fear of like being judged. I didn't have this fear of like, oh, I'm going to look stupid doing yoga. Right. That's most people's fear okay. of yeah. doing yoga. It's like, oh, I'm not flexible. Comparing or, yourself to others. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. The comparison game. And it's just like, well, I mean, do you want to live in discomfort and sit on the couch forever or do you want to get past that discomfort of people thinking people are judging you but in the end like okay you're a year down the road practicing yoga and what's the difference between sitting on the couch right you know what i mean so it's like you got to find your steps however it is you know whether it's i don't know hiking or jujitsu or yoga or changing your diet maybe you're scared to change your diet maybe you want to change to a keto diet or maybe you want to change to a vegetarian diet so Start taking out one thing at a time. You know what I mean? Right. Start taking out the bread first, but keep eating everything else. Start taking out whatever it is for you, like going to the gym or going to yoga. I think a key step you overstepped is there, there's the goal. Like there's right. a goal that you want to be pursuing along this way. 100%. Right? But yeah. 
like so for so for your instance, you had a goal to actually get into that yoga room, just to do the yoga class, just to do make it through right. sixty minutes of yoga. Right. Was my goal. That was it. That was it. I don't care how I did it. I don't care if I had a panic attack halfway through, but stayed. Staying I was staying room. in that room. That was my goal. And so my point though is, and I just want to bring it up because I mm-hmm. think it was glossed over, was having that goal, right? Because, you know, you can go to the jujitsu gym, but if your goal isn't to be like, mm-hmm. you know, to train jujitsu, or if your goal isn't to get into better shape from jujitsu, then it's, you know, there's no reason to just go to the gym. You're going to look at it and be like, why am I not afraid? Right, right. I went to this yoga door, but I'm not afraid. It's right. like, okay, well, you didn't have this goal of surpassing this fear that you have, or you don't have a an end goal. Like, if your life isn't exactly how you want it to be, it's because there's something holding you back. Like, there's a fear that you're not approaching to actually pursue it, which has happened to me. Like, like and you have to just take the steps necessary to overcome that fear. Granted, it might be slow to start, but then you get to this point where it's like, all right, I'm quitting my job without a plan. <laughs> it's right. like, yeah, dude, like, you know, 90% of people listening to this. And That's what I was going to ask crazy. you. I was like, yeah, where in like your journey was it like, all right, this is the time. Like, cause there was at one point where you're like, all right, the two weeks starts today. Yeah. My two weeks, like two weeks from today, I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now I'm, I want to go to Brazil because for you, it was a two and a half year journey right. of a little bit of meditation here, there, putting yourself in a situation where you want to live by the beach. You know right. what I mean? With all the volleyball stuff and like tons of freedom. The only freedom you didn't have was the middle of your day when you're working. Right. 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 So it's like where in that journey, hours a week. right? 40 hours of your week, right. eight hours, 10 hours of your day, whatever it is where you don't have the freedom that you want. But that's the biggest hurdle to overcome because that's your income. Right. That's your stability. That's your comfort. You know what I mean? So like where in that journey you know, did you finally were like, all right. And what, like, do you remember the point of like where you kind of like hopped off of like the comfort and just dipped into like, all right, two weeks is here. I'm leaving this time. Yeah. So was it like during a meditation or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, it's something I had felt honestly, probably, you know, a year or two after start, maybe within a year of the job, I probably was feeling it and I'd worked there for four years in total. So I was feeling this for three years, I think, but you know, I had such a nice life in San Diego that I didn't want to good give money up. living yeah. on the beach. Like, I wasn't worried. I also, a key point here is I wasn't orientated towards the idea of not being beholden to work a nine to five. Right. So that, that idea on its own wasn't like even in my realm of possibility at this point after that year. So then I actually, you know, made the trip to Brazil. I, I started realizing things that I wanted in life, things I wanted to go, places I wanted to be, things I wanted to do. And that's what then setting those goals helped me then realize, okay, like if we go back to, all right, now, now we're uh, two years into the job and now I've set all these goals of, you know, everything from relationship goals to, uh, you know, monetary goals to where I want to live goals. And, those aren't going to happen at this job. But even at the time I knew I needed it to kind of pay off some debt from college or pay off car loan, pay off these things. And then as it kind of progressed, I got to give a quick shout out to mushrooms, mushrooms, definitely mm-hmm. yeah. um, helped along that way to kind of re-energize, like realign the mind. But I had set these goals, like, you know, having a girlfriend was a goal. And I went through this whole situation where I was at peace with this chick. Everything was super solid. But then right whenever we were about to date, like my mind just fucking spun on me. Like mm-hmm. the whole world just started shattering. It was crazy. And I like didn't know what to say. I got sweaty. Like 
nervous. She just all she asked me was like, "What are we?" And it's like hindsight. It was like, "Yeah, that's we're, we're boyfriend and girlfriend." Like we everything is complete bliss. But I just I was just a wreck. Like yeah. I was just like I don't know what to answer. I don't know why not. Like my intention was to have a girlfriend, but in reality, I had some shit that I needed to deal with. Right. Um, at which point then I kind of got introduced to our mutual friend, keep her name anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works with mushrooms and healing and, you know, the whole treatment process or the treatment process, the whole plant medicine idea of guiding process, guiding, yeah, yeah, healing yourself. And so that, that first trip was under trying to understand why that whole thing happened emotionally with that chick. And then, you know, after figuring that out, kept moving along, you know, that was really kind of my first step into the whole, and that would have probably been, that would have been December. That was probably a year ago, a couple, about a week. Already? It's probably 53 weeks ago. My first, like, yeah, ceremony. <laughs> Damn. Right? I feel like that was like four months ago. I, I mean, a lot has happened since then. Yeah, right? So that that was super empowering um, to understand that I was now viewing relationships in a certain light or like where there was confusion in my life. Confusion was a big word. Um Confusion in my life surrounding certain things and aspects with love and all this different stuff. And then we did another ceremony, um, which was kind of like about like being on my own and friends and relationships a little bit. And then the last one was like, you know, and this probably happened in April, you know, leading up to this, I kept telling myself, I was like, I got to quit my job. Like I just, I felt energetically drained from it. And I think what was happening was, is as I was kind of going through this enlightenment process with like the mushrooms and everything, it was making me more sensitive to energy and to like what people were giving off and what I was taking in. And throughout these process, I actually was starting to get away from alcohol too, which was, you know, is a huge thing in and of its own. And then even as I, I had always like kind of told my parents, like, I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. I know I need to quit, but there was still that fear. And then in my last ceremony, you did three. Uh, yeah, three. three. I've done Mm -hmm. three. Yeah. And so in that last, that third ceremony, it was like, I need to quit my job. There's like several things that came out of it. I have to look back at my journal, but it was like, I need to quit my job and you can't be doing things out of the idea of fear. Like those were like the two things that just like hit in my mind. It was like, okay, you can't do things out of fear and you need to quit your job. Mm -hmm. And just that thought like energized me. Like I was so happy when this come up during the ceremony. Yeah. I was just like these feelings in that last one. Yeah. 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 It was just like, what just call it a spiritual download, call it intuition, call it whatever you want. It just aligned with me. It was like, you have to do this. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, Yeah. yeah, it's scary, but look at how much money you've saved up. You're good for you know, at least, you know, X years, you have a solid family you can fall back on if you need to, which I don't see me ever needing to, but you know, Mm -hmm. I, it's just, what's the worst case scenario? Like actually play out the worst case scenario. It's like, I'm a software engineer. Like I had a very good like system set up in the event that it didn't work out. And so it was just realizing that you got to, can't do things in the name of fear. And this actually kind of transcended at a certain point with the meditating because after I got out of that ceremony, I like it's like, all right, I'm just gonna follow my feet, you know, see what mm-hmm. the feet where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I found this patch of grass, like kind of on the boardwalk right beside Garand and mm-hmm. Garnet. Yep. A super busy area. And I was like, I'm just gonna sit here and meditate. I was like, why am I not because I, I actually I looked at the grass and I was like, I should meditate, and then I didn't. The mycelium just called to you like, yeah. hey, <laughs> sit down, put your tailbone right here. <laughs> 
it was like, I should meditate. And I'm sitting there like not doing it. I'm like, why am I not doing it? And then include the thoughts of like, oh, people are walking by. They're going to judge me. I look so stupid. I would look dumb just <laughs> meditating. And I sat down and it felt uncomfortable, man. But I was like, all right, this is something I'm afraid to do. Just do it. You should do it because you're afraid to do it. Yep. And then I just sat there and meditated. And then it like kind of like spoke to me that I needed to be doing this like on a regular basis. Right. And so then I actually started a uh, meditation group a little bit, but then that kind of fell apart just from traveling and all that made it a little bit more difficult. Making moves. Yeah. 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 But that's actually something that I thought was pretty, uh, pretty powerful. I'm just, I'm kind of dazing off because I helped to get then we continue with the story. I think it was probably the first time that I like sat there and meditated. Like I just found a patch of grass. I set up a sign and said, Hey, come join me. Normalize meditation. Join me. And I sat on the grass and normalized weirdness, normalized weirdness, <laughs> yeah. which really interesting is that like when kids would walk by, they would normally say something like daddy, like there's something, what's he doing? Uh -huh. Like, yep. yeah, like yep. look at that. Like, yep. but like, then you could kind of hear and feel the energy of just like, just ignore him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not like, Oh, he's meditating, you know, like whatever. You know what I mean? They're so interested though. Yeah. Like the kids are interested. The kids like, found dude, it. What are they doing? Yeah. Yes. Like, what is this? What is he doing? Like, yeah. why has nobody taught me about that? <laughs> right. And 4D. Yeah. yeah there it is. Why, Dad, why are we not doing this? Well, dude, we're born with that. And then yeah. society has a tendency to just put its restrictions on you and almost force you down into the 3D. You were saying you helped some kid, though. That story was going. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and let's see here. So I sat out and I was like, okay, okay I'm going to do it for an hour. Um, so I sat down and it was probably 45 minutes in. I checked my phone. I'm like, ah, like, I don't really want to do this much more. It's like, ah, shit, shit. It's like, dude, just push through it. You said you're going to do an hour, do an hour. Mm -hmm. So I go back into it and I'm chilling and probably like five minutes later after going back in, I hear, you can kind of feel the energy here. Someone sit down beside you. I was like, okay, cool. Like that's pretty tight. Um, and then another group girl sat down beside me. Um, and then I'm kind of chilling there. And then eventually like the alarm goes off. I kind of like open my eyes and I'm like, what's up guys? Like do people just sit next to you yeah. meditating? Yeah. Really? And I'm just like, what's up guys? Like, how are we doing? It's amazing. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. And then the guy, he's like, yeah, man, like, you know, I've actually been going through some shit and I was wondering if I could just like kind of talk to you. And I'm like, you know, after coming out of an hour long meditation, you're pretty fucking tranquil. Like you're pretty peaceful. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, sure, man. Like go for it. No judgment. Let's figure it out. Yeah. He's like, well, I've just been like, I was attracted to your energy. Like da 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 da. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm just fucking sitting here. Like what energy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on the, out, the 3d world, it's like, there is no energy because he's just sitting there. Yeah. But 4d or 5d realm, it's like, he's admitting or coming into contact with the source of creation, the source of reality. And so he felt that he comes to me, he's like, man, you know, like I've been in and out of rehab. Uh, I've, you know, like done heroin. I've done things that I feel like are unforgivable. Um, you know, I've been doing all these things. I actually should probably text him, but regardless, he was like, you know, these terrible things. Like, I feel like I, I'm beyond salvation, you know, all these things. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, like, and I just had a conversation with him, like, you know, do you believe in like, you know, forgiveness? Do you believe that like, you know, people change and all that stuff? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's different whenever it's yourself. You're yeah. Like, yeah. But I hold myself, I'm better than that. I should never have done that. Mm -hmm. And so we had a really good conversation about it and conversation. I was just listening, you know, yeah. I was just talking and listening. He was talking mostly and I was just listening. And he even like, it's like, man, like I want to come to this. I'm like, all right, sure. Like, you know, here's, you know, I'll tell you when I'm doing it and stuff. 
And I actually haven't seen him since that day. But he has sent me like messages of like, man, like I'm making so much progress. Like I feel like just talking to you got me over this hurdle, like in therapy, like I see like this, you know, the gold on the other side kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, just being, you know, there and, and what it, and you know, you take that whole story and you break it apart and it's like all of that happened just so I could help that person like kind of, you know, come into peace with himself or have more forgiveness, that acceptance, self-love. Yeah. That yeah, acceptance, that acceptance that it starts with, you know what I mean? Like, right. I am this person, I've done this shit, but I've got a lot of life to live. Yeah. Know, like, I'm just going to sit and think about it and be miserable. Or it's like, can I just shift my energy and, you know, move past it, throw it out there and hope for the yeah. best, move past it, accept it and just live with it, be with it. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah, the past is the past, but yeah, there's a lot of shit that eats people apart. But I feel like stuff like this can like bring them into just like a more state of peace of just like presence with yourself and like what's really out there. And just like even when you do look out into the ocean, like understanding like how small all these situations are. Right. You know, like I say this to people all the time. It's just like, uh, what did Lauren said something to me the other day? Something oh. she was kind of scared of doing. What did I say? I said, well, if you really think about it, you're just this little tiny fungus on a speck of dust hurling through the universe. None of this matters. And yeah, it's just like, you sit, if you could just think about that for a moment, you might just make a quick reaction on it of like positivity. Like, yep, that's right. Yeah. Like, this is just all nothing. Like, we make our mind makes our problems bigger than almost the reality. Yeah. And this is where like the theory of relativity is huge because it's like, Relative to the whole universe, like, it's like your problems don't matter. But at the same time, they're, like, proving through quantum physics that, like, everything you do and say has, like, a ripple effect across yeah. the universe, like, instantaneously. Yeah. Which I think is also crazy. That kind of ties into the Akashic Records as mm -hmm. well um, and how those operate. But, like, you know, it's <laughs> in reality, it's like you're worried about, like, these little things. But then it's like, well, yeah, but you're just a piece of fungus going through on a piece of dirt hurling through space and like millions of miles an hour <laughs> so wild in a weird direction yeah and it's really, it's just really unfortunate because like there's a lot of things for us to worry about there's a lot of things for us to, to have like normal stress and anxiety about like life things but then we have just like the problems that we create like oh my latte was wrong right and now, now my day's over or this person cut me off in traffic and my whole day is shifted energy wise right or that's when you can like someone and that's the whole thing about like this whole traveling to consciousness, like the, the, the talk of consciousness, consciousness, and maybe the word is overused. Maybe it's not, but it's a real word and it's what it is because like consciousness is just being present and like your surroundings and your awareness and how you treat people and how you're reacting and like how you're going to spend the rest of your day based off of like one little incident. So like when someone cuts you off in traffic, for me, what I can experience just seeing the world and like what I would maybe used to do or what I've seen my friends and my family and whatever else people do is like, They'll speed up, get on someone's ass, honk the horn, maybe flip them the bird, whatever it you takes. You feel better making their yeah, feel worse. Right. Like you want to get yeah. on their level. You want to make sure they know that you're pissed off by honking that horn. Right. Rather than you could just ease off, take five rounds of those breaths in and out, it's over. And it's done. And it never affected you. And well, like that's a that's like the one thing that I try to do throughout all of my day, whether it's somebody at the grocery store or someone in traffic or something with myself, whether I said something to somebody that was wrong or I'm thinking about it later in the day, it's just like, okay, let's just breathe for a minute. You right. know what I mean? Let's just like, just take a sec, you know? Yeah. Just like slow down and like breathe for just a second. And like, that'll make yeah. a whole difference in like how you react to everything in the day. It's and if crazy. it's, if it's every single time something comes up, do it every single time something comes up. 
it's and it's also a, I see it as a gateway to understanding yourself better. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that emotion come from? Like, why did you like? Oh, oh, because he cut you off. It's like okay, but you can like you could throw you know this coffee at me or something, and it's like it's still my choice to get mad at you, mm-hmm. even if you send me you throw coffee at me. Like, physically, sure, it might burn, but like you know, I can still just like be like non-plus about it, right? You know, right? And which is where I kind of see it as this like. And that's where it kind of comes into the, if we break it down to like the 3D, 4D, 5D, mm-hmm. it's like that 3D is just that like reaction. Like you're not even thinking about your emotions. You're just honking energy. that one. You're just, yeah. 3D is just honking that one. And then 4D is like, you know, you're pissed at him, but you don't understand why you're pissed at him. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm mad, but like, like. Why the fuck would he cut me off? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like, it's like, but. You're mad, but you're not like reacting to it. Like you understand that you're mad at it, but you know that it's not okay. like there's something off there. Yeah. And then five D is just like it is what it is. Like all right, in, he's got shit going out. on. Like, and that's huge. Like what you just said. Like he's got shit going on. Like you never know, dude. No. So like for instance, like for you, like you're traveling, you quit your job, you're doing a podcast. Like dude, from their view in, everything looks fucking perfect. Oh, Clay's got such a dope life. Like he was in Brazil, but they don't know about the stress involved. Like, you know what I mean? Like just because like you're doing what you want to do right now, doesn't mean there's not a bunch of stress like we've already talked about. And that's the same thing. Like, you know, I, I say a lot, like I live my life this way. And one of the biggest things that I try to do every day is like, always understanding that I don't know what people are going through. So like, if you have like a waitress or a waiter at the, at the restaurant and they're just like not on their game, you know what I mean? Then you're like, Oh, I'm only going to tip them this much because this, or if someone in traffic cuts you off, who knows if they're rushing to the hospital because of the family members there, who knows if they're going through something, maybe they're having a panic attack and they're needing to get off the road. They need to find somewhere to pull off. Or I've been that person. Like I've had to cut people off and zoom in front of people or do something really dumb in traffic because I'm having, I was having a panic attack and I need somewhere to park. Right. Or to get to a place of comfort, right. you know what I mean? Or right. maybe the waitress at the at, at the restaurant, maybe her mom is sick, maybe her boyfriend broke up with her, or him, or whatever. This is just, you never ever know, right. no matter what. You know what I mean? It's just like if we if everybody just lived their life off of just and it's not going to happen, but like well, people listening to the this, optimistic. yeah, one person at a time, one person at a time, people listening to this. You know what I mean? Like the rest of your day, spend it as if you have no idea what the person's going through. Right. Because you go through shit. Right. The people listening, everybody goes through their shit. Everybody. So you have to understand that everyone else is also going through their shit. Right. Maybe they're rushing somewhere that they need to be. You know, maybe they didn't need to do it that way, but who knows? You know what I mean? So it's it's just taking that second, right? It's it's like Yeah, and that's kind of where you start branching into the five D because uh-huh. it's like the the only thing that shows you who you are is your reaction. To other things. Mm-hmm. But if you can sit there and just be like, okay, like he probably didn't see me because of this, this, and this, it's like, and it's weird because it's almost like a numbing feeling, but, but to take that step back and just like, it absolves you of so much like weight. You feel lighter. You feel like it's just, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all good, man. Yeah, like, like it doesn't matter at all. This, you know, no. just no point into just telling someone to fuck off in traffic because they probably didn't hear you first of all yeah you're just making yourself more upset or you're digging yourself a deeper hole because if they're in a bad place and you're in a bad place yep. you're going to be attracting more negative energy and you're going to feel heavier and you're going to go to this negative then you rear end someone and then the cycle continues or something you know what i mean so yeah, it's just like 
it all needs to happen as it needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's like your reaction to it is like your reality almost Mm -hmm. like someone cuts you off. It's like, you know, that approach of, and I think I'm going to start to go in circles now. Shrooms must be kicking in. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) I feel good. Yeah. (laughs) What time is it? How long are we into this podcast? Oh, that's a good question. Oh man, like an hour 20? Already? Jeez. See, that's the thing about, you know, time to me just doesn't. That was crazy. It doesn't make any sense to me. But like, that's the that's aspect of time without looking at it. Well, it's all relative too. Yeah. Right? The way you view time. And here's, here's the crazy thing too, right? Number one is the way that you view time is different how I view time. Mm-hmm. And the idea of times purely being a construct is also crazy because it's like, what is like, what is time? Like explain to me one second. Okay. Well, in order to explain a second, you need to know what a minute is in order to know a minute, you know, an hour. And what this is all predicated off of is the way that the earth rotates around the sun. Mm -hmm. We have found a way to break up um, one rotation around the sun into seconds. Right. And that's all that we've constructed time to be. But essentially that is no, that's, it's purely a human construct of reality. And something that I also like kind of realized with this is that if you're Doing something that you're engaged in, time flies by. Every time. But if you're anxious and anxiety, like... Or laying on the couch. it feels like an hour. Yeah. 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 Doing something uncomfortable, like it can last forever. Like that yoga class that I went to when I first stepped in, like it was 60 minutes, but I fucking guarantee it was five hours long. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, hours. come on, I got to get through 60 minutes. Oh, we're eight minutes in. I think yeah. it was half an hour. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. It's so wild. Like, yeah, like... Time flies when you're having fun. Like it's so unbelievably true because you're not even thinking. So I wonder like if there was no time, if there was no minutes of the day and hours of the day and weeks and all this stuff, if you were just here, stone ape theory, you know what I mean? Like there was no time. Right. The sun came up, the sun went down. The sun came up, the sun went down. It wasn't right. five o'clock. It wasn't noon. You know it what I mean? Is. It would just is. So I wonder if like life would go by faster or shorter without knowing what the time is. Because when you're having fun and you don't know the time, time zips by. So if you were doing that all the time, like time is going to feel so fast. Well, it's just a relative benchmark, right? (laughs) Right. All time is a relative benchmark. It doesn't make any sense. So there, there is time or periods in your life where maybe they seem shorter or longer. Like you look back on it. It's like, dude, you've already been without a job for five months now. Yeah. Like that's crazy. But that that five months went by, just as fast for you as it did for me. Like it doesn't feel like five maybe, months. When you, I mean, maybe it did. Like, but like when people say like, God damn, like this week has gone by so fast. Holy shit. It's already Thursday. Yeah. Or like when everybody feels like February lasts like two months. Right. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's just something we've engraved in our brains for people to just start thinking, even though it's the shortest month. February. There's just like, I've never heard this. You've before. never heard that. Wow. Like there's people that talk about how like February just drags on for some reason. I don't know what it is. But like when people like say like the week has gone by so fast or God, it's only Wednesday, but everybody seems to say, damn, it's only Wednesday. The week is going by so slow or damn, it's already Friday. Like that week went by so fast, you know, and and maybe it has some predication on like what you're doing on the weekend too. Like if you have a super dope weekend plan, that week is going to take forever. Isn't that crazy how that works though? That week will take forever. It's like, why does time seem to go by so slow when you're looking forward to something? It's almost like, but when you're not, that week might go by so fast. That's a really trippy idea. It's so crazy. Yeah, because it's almost like then that the universe is trying to force you to be more present. 
It's like it's it's gonna push your vacation further away, like yeah. incremental time. But it's like forcing you almost it's to like stop, stop stop wishing your week away. Yeah, stop. Like because how many people live Monday through Thursday? Can't wait for Friday. Every, like everyone, the three D, everyone in three D, eighty percent of people. I don't yeah. know whatever the number is. Yeah. Like it's higher than is not. And that was another huge thing that got me motivated to quit my job. Is like why am I energetic and happy for three days out of the out of the week versus these other you know, five days or whatever. Like, that's crazy. I would rather live this life that I'm living where now I'm sometimes forgetting what day of the week it is. Yeah. Like just going and just but you're doing, more present, but I'm more present or like in the moment Yeah, because it, it, these artificial things, money or yeah, I guess money, time, like the calendar, like these things no longer matter as much. So I don't put my energy into focusing on them. Right. Therefore, in my reality, in my universe, they essentially don't exist. Yeah. Like it's not real, mm-hmm. but the people that, well, Monday, I have to do this Tuesday, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, D, 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 it becomes a lot more real where you're at with your time becomes a lot more real. Well, between the hours of two and five, I need to be washing dishes between these hours. I have to be here doing that. That's because, and, and I think there's utility in planning and, you know, being, blocking off and doing certain things for certain time periods. Like, but when that's your construct of your entire reality is predicated off, well, Monday um, through Friday from, you know, 5.00 AM to, you know, 9.00 PM, I'm going to be working this job or doing this thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, if you love it and you're engaged with it and you're, you know, everything happens so fast because you're just so in love with what you're doing. I say, go for it. All power to you. I, I, the problem is, is that if you're just not aware of it, like I would argue that you should be conscientious or you should be at least in the 5D of like, yep, this energizes my life. Like, don't get me wrong. If someone could give me a, a paycheck every week and I was energized to do that thing, like, all right, I'm down. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe that's a goal with this at some point. Like maybe like a subscription uh, sponsor or something will be like, yep, here's your, here's your paycheck. Like, but I'm energized to do it. It's not about the money. It's not about like having to go in at a certain time or out of fear of not being able to pay off certain things or be able to do certain things, you know? Yeah. Creation of our own reality for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's happening day to day and how present, I just think, yeah, finding presence is super important. That's like really the presence of every moment that you can, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I really like enjoy breath work uh, and meditation is just because you have to be present to know your inhale, exhale. Like you have to be present to know like you're meditating. You know what I mean? So like any type of breath work is gr- super great for that, especially to slow down. Try doing a breath work for 30 minutes and tell me how slow it goes by. You know what I mean? Like, right. like you said with your meditation, like, oh, it's 45 minutes. I've dedicated 60. Like it's taking a long ass time. So that 45 minutes goes by fast. It could, yeah. I remember the first time I did like a 45 minute meditation. I like set an alarm on my phone, all right, 45 minutes. And then it was just like, I was so at peace because it was like, all right, you're just doing this until the alarm goes off. But it felt like five minutes. Yeah. I should, you know, it felt like five minutes. And I was like, wait, was that really 45 minutes? Like, yeah. what just happened? You know, like that didn't feel right. Yeah. Like, and it's just that like letting go, just falling into it. You know, it's almost like just being almost. Yeah. Like yoga classes, dude, yoga classes go by so quick for me. Yeah. Mainly because like I love being in there and I love teaching people yoga. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had 75 minutes, but I only have 60. And it goes by and it feels like 20 minutes. Right. Like it's the, it's just so unbelievably yeah, fast. You just align with what you're intended yeah. to do, like yeah. what you want to do. Yeah, super important. Super important. Let's get after it. And I guess that's really the indicator of it is like, you know, if time is dragging on, it's like, 
it shouldn't, it should just flow. Like if you're construct of time, I mean, you're so ingrained by, okay, what's this time? All right. What time is it now? Mm-hmm. What time is it now? It's like, that's an indicator that you're not in your flow state or you're yeah. not in where you need to be. Yeah. Cause minutes is just made up. I mean, it's real obviously, but we created that. Like we created the watch, right? You know what I mean? Seconds mm-hmm. and, and minutes and hours and days and weeks. It's all real, but well, it's, it's one of those things that's weird. It's real if you let it be real. Exactly. Like it's real if you or you could just real. like let the sun come up and let it go down and let it come yeah. up and let it go down. Yeah. Circadian rhythm for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you could do it, but. If that's what you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like. We could move to the woods and just eat mushrooms and live off the land. And, and I'm sure that would come with its own set of anxiety. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right? You know? yeah. yeah. Definitely, brother. I think it's really fascinating. To do a little breath work to end this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You want to? Yeah, we could. I'm ready to eat some more mushrooms and yeah. do some breath work. Take it wherever we need to go. Do we want to take people through breath work? We could, yeah. So anybody that like a little bonus. The thing is that like the, depending on where you at and like whether you're driving or whether you're sitting or whether you're standing or whatever it is, like will depend on like the breath work you do. Like some are pretty unsafe, like if you're driving. Yeah. But like that normal breath in, normal breath out thing is always good to just do anywhere. Just be conscious conscious about like how much you're bringing in and how much you're bringing out because like if you tend to like oxygen overload you might get like dizzy and stuff okay. so like wim hof breath work right right he does those big you know what right. i mean and that's just an overload of oxygen like in your body that's when you start to get like tingling and start like releasing dmt too yeah do the yeah. kundalini yoga and certain types of breath work if you do them long enough yeah can have that release of like that dmt experience so, like people doing like kundalini yoga have had like full blown DMT trips, right. which is crazy right. to me because you can jump right back out of that trip the second you stop breathing. Like, the, not stop breathing, but stop the breath work. Yeah, stop the. So, like, coming in. if you like smoke some DMT, you're in that DMT trip until it lets you go. Right. You can put yourself in a state of like DMT, and I've never been there. Right. Um, hopefully, soon I would like to get Try to that out. space and, and, and really just have like that full blown, like, it's a psychedelic trip. Yeah. You trace off just, just your breath. Just your breath. It's why. Yeah. Like for anybody that doesn't know, like so many things are made of DMT, these plants, this wood. Everything living. Every, yeah. Like everything pretty yeah. much living plants and water and our bodies are just constructed of DMT particles. So like when you're breathing in and out, in and out, like it's slowly releasing DMT. Like when you're dreaming, they say DMT is being released or when you die, DMT is released, all that stuff. It's like you put yourself into that state of like stillness and breathing in and out and in and out and in and out with like these Kundalini like movements. Like you can really start to release some like crazy DMT particles. So yeah. like careful where you do your breath work, <laughs> like to be completely well, honest. So then can you, can you guide us through, I guess, a breath work that if you're in any situation, let's say you're in the car driving, if yeah. you're listening to this while you're in bed or so there's a general. There's a, so usually you would just do like equal breath in, equal breath out. Right. You can also take it to a box breath. And I think box breath is one of the best breathing techniques pretty much ever. Is that like when you hold? So it's four in, hold at the top for four, four out, and then hold at the bottom for four. So you're okay. making that box. So it's four yeah. in, four hold, four out, four hold. And the pur- purpose of that is like, we want to have a strong diaphragm. We want to have strong intercostal muscles. We want to have strong accessory muscles, like all the muscles that are helping us breathe, especially the diaphragm. And then the point of like the hold, like that, that retention hold is number one for presence and focus. And then 
also to release like that carbon dioxide into your stream right. like because carbon dioxide when you fill your body sometimes like people have like this weird rap on carbon dioxide like it's not good for us but in reality like you need it because carbon dioxide releases oxygen into your muscles into your bloodstream and all that stuff like you have your oxygen cell you know oxygen that goes into your red blood cells your blood blood, blood cells are flowing through your body but that carbon dioxide that, that we're producing releases the oxygen as it's flowing through the body so that it's going into all your muscles so it really you know it's that parasympathetic nervous system it's to slow down the heart rate it's to create nitric oxide to vasodilate your bloodstreams, um, lowers blood pressure, and just like and then also just like muscle recovery. Like after a really hard workout, like one of the best things you can do is just like come into like a normal box breath. Okay. So like if anybody's like driving they, and they want to do a breath, they can just do like the four in, four out, and they can find some retention at the top. But just like notice how you start to feel like it's not really unsafe. Like I do box breath when I drive. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that you need to be careful. Super aware. Or, yeah. You know, be present. Like if you're, if you start losing, like feeling funny, you just stop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's technically probably not the best thing to do when you're driving anyways to do breath work because you're driving a vehicle. But like before bed, when you wake up in the morning, if you're going to start a breath work, like box breath is one of the best things to do for you. I mean, it's just so, yeah. it's so unbelievable. Like you'll, you'll instantly notice like the lowering, the lowering of like your blood pressure, like your stress levels are just like, how high you lift your shoulders and they finally start to relax down. You know what I mean? So right. I would say like, yeah, the best thing, the best thing overall, if anybody can get used to a type of breath, is just box breath and box breathing. Cool. And, and then just yeah, we could do something. Like, right? uh, yeah. So if anybody's like stuff. listening to this and they want to like pull over or wait till later to do it. But a lot of people might just be listening to this at home or like while they're at work. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I really don't know. So someone shoot me a message uh, when you listen to my podcast. Yeah, what do you need to know? What are people listening I, I to this the most? I need to know that stuff. Yeah. Because um, these are downloadable too. Like yeah, it's on exactly. Spotify and all that. Yeah. So you can like download you can do it, it wherever. listen to it whenever, yeah. like on an airplane or yeah. whatever it is. Which like box breathing is something I do like before I get on an airplane or before. Right. Is there a certain amount of time you think? Um, Usually like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Is like a, could be like a key like. You know, like full effect, okay. something like that. Maybe like eight rounds, ten minutes, and it's just going to take a while. But just do eight rounds. Yeah, something like that. But we can just do a couple rounds. Yeah, let's do it. Let's at least get the. Let's do it like two or three rounds. Yeah, because I just feel like this could get a little boring if people aren't interested. Yeah. But at least give people the basic idea of yeah. what to do for. So just find, yeah, wherever you are, just like find your seat and try like sitting up nice and tall, or either laying on your back. So you want to be able to just find super relaxation in your upper back muscles. And if you are sitting up, take a breath in, just sit a little bit taller. Stay sitting tall, but your exhale, let your shoulders soften down away from your ears. So just start to come into a normal breath in and out. Take like three rounds of normal inhale and normal exhale. All through the nose? Yep. Always in through the nose. And always out through the nose? You can, yeah. At any time, if you ever need open mouth exhales, the point of the inhale through the nose is that purification. The nostrils, the nose hairs, everything purifying so that you can cleanse that breath in to protect the lungs. It's super, super important. Take one more breath in. And one more breath out. Let's just do two rounds. So inhale for four, three, two, one. Hold for four, three, two, one. Let it just fall out. Four, three, two, one, cut it off, hold, four, three, two, one. Big expansive inhale, four, three, two, 
One, hold at the top. Four, three, two, one, passively let it fall out through the nose. Four, three, two, one, hold for four, three, two, one. Take a big breath in through your nose. Open mouth, sigh it out. Stress and anxiety releases over those sighs. Take one more breath in. Open mouth, exhale. So people can just do that breath anytime they're feeling stressed out. Before bed, when they wake up in the morning, just like everything you did in that breath work started opening up your airways, opening up your bloodstream, like bringing more carbon dioxide into your body to release oxygen, bringing on that parasympathetic nervous system, stuff like that. So some, so. some questions that kind of came into my mind, mm -hmm. it's kind of like at the corner of those boxes, right? Mm -hmm. So the end is like one edge yep. and you're holding. Yep. Are you, are you trying to maximize the amount of breath that you can hold as you're inhaling and then trying to keep it the same? Like, are you trying to fill your lungs or you're just trying to you're just breathing in until your comfort level? Like it doesn't, just keep it, it doesn't really, yeah, that, I mean, that's just going to be someone's someone, if whatever people want to do, but like whatever you're taking in, you're going to make sure that you send all of that same volume out. Just try to focus on keeping it the same, same volume. Just that same, same level. Yeah. Okay. Same. So the same. Because I was finding myself in the me in mental of like, get in as much as possible. And then Not push out as much as possible. Yeah. You just want to make sure that you take the same volume just in, same volume. hold that, and then same volume out, hold that. And this is something you can just do anywhere. You can do it anywhere, dude. Grocery store, if you get stressed out, picking out whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Christmas shopping. Someone what cuts it? you off. Yeah, dude. Yeah. If you're standing in line at the grocery store, practice box breathing. Stand up straight, fix your posture, get rid of that grocery store hip when we lean to one side. Yeah. You stand up straight on both feet. And you can see it's a lot of people. If you're in like quote unquote bored. Yeah. It's like, here's what you can do. Now you're no longer bored. Become present. Yeah. Become, become present, present in, in like that moment. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, just throw on a box breath or even get rid of the holds and just do like, so they say uh, James Nestor's uh, book, Breath. Yeah. Amazing book. If anybody hasn't read it or listened to it on audio tape, It'll change the way you breathe. It'll change how much you want to breathe in and out through your nose. It gives you tons of like ideas on breath work. Like he talks about how people fixed scoliosis through big, huge, expansive inhales and huge exhales. So like sometimes when I'm breathing, like some breath work, I'll do kind of what you were saying, like the, the title volume, like the volume you want to bring in. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just lay on my back. So like, say you have back pain or stress up in your upper back or like your shoulders, which is where most of our stress is held doing those huge, 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 expansive inhales to peak and then pressing all of that air out. It's called suspension. So where you're okay. literally collapsing everything into your spine, okay. full breath in, dude, I'll hear pops and ticks all through my neck. Really? Yeah. Because it's stretching it out. Yeah. It's just, just creating like that, that you know, that, yeah. that release of the tension of the pressure and you're stretching your spine out and your rib cage out. Every time you breathe in, your spine is lengthened just a little bit. When you exhale, it kind of contracts back in. So people literally fixed severe scoliosis over months and months of just big, huge, expansive inhales and full suspensive exhales out. And what like started to straighten out their spine. Yeah, what that reminds me of is like like how the mind is able to like almost create and you can fix everything. Yeah. Like it and it's kind of what I've been stepping into with like the whole 5D reality is like you know, your mind creates so much around you of like, what is real? What is actual? You know, it's like, it's like the only thing that is actually real is like your breath and your mind. 
the like, present the your presence where you're at right now like there's like no there's honestly even no other rules like except that you like need water like people go on these fasts for you know a year i've seen a video of like a guy who will just fast for a year it's like you don't even really need food just minerals and vitamins it's like you just need oxygen and water, and water. yeah like, that's all we that's all like your all body can thrive off of water and breath yeah and it's so wild because like wim hof going back to wim hof like I think we had this discussion, but it's pretty openly known. Like he does like, he'll work with like scientists and doctors and like they'll inject him with like a virus or an illness, like E. coli. He'll really? breathe for like a day and it's gone. Really? Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like you can look these studies up, like look up Wim Hof and the things he's done over like research. Like they'll do research on his body while he breathes. And there's nothing like, and here's the crazy thing is I think, you know, if you're in the 3D or 4D, you think there's something special about them. But mm -hmm. then in reality, it's like, we're just all that same thing. Like, we, we could do that. We have the same powers as yeah. everybody else on this earth. I mean, you know, granted, some people are taller. Some people are, you know, whatever, have like little special niches. But when you boil it down to it, we all have the same connection to source. We have all the same connection to all this stuff. It's like, you can, if someone else did something, it just proves to you that you can do it too. Well, like, yeah, going back to Wim Hof, like he does these his breath work and like builds up like oxygen and you know, the warmth in his body and he'll like hike Mount Kilimanjaro in swim trunks and tennis shoes. Right. He does that now retreats with people. Right. So they'll, they'll do this breath work for, for days and yeah. hours or however long they do it. And people in their seventies are hiking up Mount Kilimanjaro with Wim Hof in clothes, just regular clothes, yeah. like tennis shoes, maybe a jacket or a sweatshirt. But like, that seems impossible. Right. You have to be bundled up, boots, wool and socks and coats and hats and gloves. And yeah, you know, but it, it, that's how powerful the mind it's is. crazy. And and I even just saw, I think on Instagram before I was sat here, it was showing like a, I don't know how real it is because there was just a picture, but it showed a monk sitting in a boiling pot of water. Like I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? You know? And it's like saying like, you know, if, if you mentally see that the water is cold, like then it's cold, but if you right. mentally see it as boiling, then it'll burn you. Right. You know, it's so crazy. Like yeah, it's wild. You man. can actually, it's, it, you see people walk on coals all the time. It's that same thing. Yeah. Like, you get to the end. For the, the ice baths, like the, the severely baths. cold ice baths that people do and sit in for 10, 20 minutes at a time. Like right. it's breathing just the whole time. Yeah. Like turning everything on and controlling your body with your breath and your mind and yeah. The breath is important. It's crazy. It's so important. It's everything. It's crazy. Well, and that's what's crazy too, is if you find yourself like anxiety or depression, your breath will start collapsing all the shallow breathing. Like, you'll start to mouth breathe and yeah, yeah close in on you. It's crazy. People get too stoned. People get too high. You know, that's what they feel. That panic is because like yeah. their rhythm is coming off of like that breath. You know what I mean? Because like it, it's, it's cutting it off. You know, you have to be super aware and super present. Like, in those moments and then come back to the breath, you know? Right. So, yeah, man, it's, it's everything. It's crazy. Well, I, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Let's do it. Yeah. As the sweet, appreciate it, James. Oh yeah. Thanks, what was that? Down. 10 minutes, 10 minutes long. <laughs> uh, oh shit. An hour 40. Hell yeah. That's crazy. Dope. Sweet. Well, I hope you guys like this. This is the first like in person we had. Um, we're changing up the, uh, change up the logo, travel, traveling to consciousness. Yeah. Stay tuned. So that's, Maybe I'll be releasing like different episodes in between. I'm not hundred percent sure. Shoot me some messages. If you have any ideas, I've been getting more active on YouTube, just dropping content of shit that I find interesting or the way I see reality. Um, 
Other than that, if we said something that pisses you off, go meditate on it. Go breathe. Go do a box breath. Go do a box breath and meditate. See how you feel after that. Yeah. Yeah. But sweet. We're going to go eat some more mushrooms and chill out and have a day about it. But other than that, let's uh, grow together, guys.